For GateWorld.net, this is Chad Colvin, and I'm here today with Mr. Michael Shanks. Michael, thank you for taking the time to talk. My pleasure, Chad. Congratulations are in order. Arc of Truth jumped out of the gate extremely strong sales, and it's continuing to perform very well. How do you feel about its success? I think it's great. Uh, I don't think anybody knew what to expect with you know, us going out in the DVD format. I know that obviously we were aware of the sales for the box sets of the seasons, but um, to have something that didn't have a um, precondition of a release on TV... Uh, as well as a limited advertising budget, we weren't sure what to expect uh, for, for domestic sales. And, and uh, as far as I know, it's been fantastic. And, and I just was hearing from our audience members here in, in Vancouver that uh, they were dying to see it being released uh, more internationally in the other markets in Europe and, and uh, uh, the UK and, and Australia. So I think with those as added bonuses to the, the bottom line with MGM, I think that um, it shows bodes very well for the future of the franchise. Many reviews have uh, mentioned your performance as Daniel's the heart of the movie. Uh, most dramatically, the scene where uh, Morgan Le Fay is uh, coming to him in the prison cell and tries to push him to do even more. And we see a Dr. Jackson that's ready to give up and is spent both emotionally and physically. Um, do you feel that the character truly had reached that point? I, I think when I read that scene uh, from reading the script, um, and seeing what had preceded with the torture and whatnot, that I think that was the only place to go in, in an episode that we did in the tenth season called the Pegasus Project. He had a very similar conversation with uh, Morgan Le Fay about asking her to drop all their highfalutin values. He's had that conversation numerous times with Oma de Sala beforehand. In this environment, it seemed like the natural place to take the character to that place where it was uh, oddly enough this being the climax of this storyline that it was a good place for that character to be to have that same conversation again with uh, that character for Daniel and for Daniel who's the, the ultimate optimist out of the group to be at that place of ultimate despair seemed like the best place in order to convince her to actually take the step that she does which is basically sacrifice her own life to take on um, Adria uh, in that light was the that was the only I guess uh, weapon left in the arsenal was to take that character to that place so in that way we're not doing the same old same old over and over and over again um, it was a way to take the same argument uh, take the same argument to a different place emotionally one of the underlying issues that Daniel raises briefly in the film is the concept of the arc itself and that using it may have saved millions and millions of lives but deep down he feels that maybe that wasn't necessarily the right that they had to use it it's a thought provoking concept what is your opinion on it? Um, I I would certainly have loved to see more of um, emotional ramifications with uh, both before and after when, when using that piece of technology. I think in light of the circumstances with the impending invasion of the Ori army that whatever tools we have at our disposal you'd have to use, but I think that there's certainly room for, for the moral discussion afterwards about whether that was the right thing to do. Oddly enough, and I don't know if anyone's ever even talked about this, there was a scene cut from um, Ark of Truth that I, I haven't seen it or heard been discussed anywhere where the scene where Daniel talks to Landry about what's happening with the Ark and where it's going to be somehow ringing very congruous with uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where they take the Ark and put it away in, in blah blah in, in some storage facility um, there was a scene after that that was cut 
where the team actually goes to Area 51 to retrieve the Ark and take it away uh, that ended up not being in the finished product. And I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that, but it's out there. So yeah, <laughs> where there's something still left. I don't know if it was done because there's something left in that, that, that argument, uh, meaning that there's still a future for that storyline, or if we were just simply telling an ending too many times uh, for, for the ending of the movie, that there was too many endings and we just wanted to cut one of them um, because it, it's more interesting sometimes to wonder what's going to happen than it is to you know, tie it up with a nice little bow. So, um, so there's a little tidbit trivia for you that there's a missing piece in there that that, 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 that conversation leads somewhere where Daniel convinces the team to go in and steal the artifact out of Area 51. We finally have a release date on Continuum and fans are anxiously awaiting a little bit more detail about it. Getting away anything spoiler-wise, what can you tell us about it? I think that... Uh, it's been talked about a lot in terms of just describing the basic concept of the show. The Ark of Truth wraps up the Ori storyline, and what Continuum does is demonstrate how much gas there is left in the tank of still telling SG-1 stories, and I think that after watching the screening today uh, with a group of fans that uh, aren't allowed to talk about it, but they saw it, um, seeing the reactions it demonstrates that there still is very much longevity, that the characters are key with the story, and that there's a lot of stories left to tell. It's a great standalone story that doesn't disrupt the Stargate universe the way we know it, and that it shows that these characters still have a lot of uh, chemistry in their relationships and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, mythology left in the, uh, the Stargate universe to still mine both past and future. So uh, it demonstrates that we, we, uh, we have uh, the legs that we've thought we, 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 we would have, and uh, hopefully more stories will be told as a basis of that. How prominent is Daniel's role in it? Uh, will we see any sides of Jackson that we haven't really seen? There is, there is one interesting side of, of the character that um, wasn't, I don't think, initially at least, in, intentional. Um, I couldn't go to the Arctic when we were filming uh, when we were filming that portion of, of the movie, and so Brad, right, the, the, the author of the, the uh, screenplay, had to find a way to take Mike, to take Daniel Jackson out of uh, the scenes in the Arctic, shot in the Arctic, and so the easiest way he had to do was to have Daniel uh, have an injury that um, prevents him from being there. That injury then is it's tracked throughout, and. Uh, I get to play aspects of how that injury has affected the character and his life and his um, and his uh, 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 who this new person is that he becomes as a result of this and, and the circumstances as well that, that of which he got it and the circumstances that he's living in now and who he's become maybe a bit cynical maybe a bit jaded maybe a bit I told you so maybe a bit um, going a little dark in some places so um, um, that was fun to play because it was simply a problem-solving thing for the for the writer to write, and then Brad tracked it and followed it through, and, and so there's a, a, an emotional undercurrent that allowed me as an actor to play that I thoroughly enjoyed. Any updates on Rage of Angels and uh, what that stands? I just ran into Christopher Judge today, the last I heard. I, a few weeks ago, just after the writer's strike ended, the script was bought by MGM, so it's now an MGM property. Um, Christopher's acting deal was worked out. Uh, they're working on the contract for the director, Brad Turner, right now, and then after that, um, my contract will be worked on, and these are all the initial phases of, you know, as soon as you get all that done, they go, hurry now, make the film. It's like, but before that, you could spend years in the, in the process of negotiating. Um, so that's moving along uh, where we're at right now. Chris was trying to tell me something when we were there about, oh, dude, I got to tell you all this stuff about, you know, you got to call me. So I know that there's been some headway made Great. and um, we'll, have, we'll just have to wait and see. But I do know, I, we do hope that we will be in pre-production and production in it this year. If you could give one message to Stargate fans, what would it be? Thank you.
thank you for staying with us. It's uh, seeing that movie and being with fans of the franchise in that theater uh, and seeing the reactions to it uh, shows that um, there still is the love for those characters, that there still is a, a future for it. You know, I think with the Ark of Tooth, people went, well, okay, I guess that's it. That's, you know, well, I guess we're done telling SG-1 stories now. And, and seeing this story that way and seeing the reactions of people uh, showed that we're, we still very much have a future in this and it's been a, a lovely ride and, and the, the fans are the reason why we do it and, and without them we, we wouldn't be anything. So thank you. Wormhole disengaged.